always, we go back a long way, don't we? Not that I'm old or anything, but uh, praise God, it's lovely to be with you. You know, you, ha you have something here, did you know? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are dwelling in this house, there is no doubt. Um, Kelvin will tell you that I often sing in the middle of my sermons. And tonight when I preach at Sedgley, I'm going to be singing, Jesus, I am so in love with you. I didn't know that one. And it's touched my, oh, it's touched me this morning so much. So thank you for that. I go from here being ministered to from this house. Kelvin tells us all the time, you know, you know, as he comes to join you very soon, that he senses the presence of God in this house. And I would like to say amen to that because he is here. And this morning, as I um, share these thoughts with you, in a way, it's a bit of a strange title, which I'll tell you in a minute after a story, because I know you're hungry for more, and we're all hungry for more, but there's something to do while we're waiting, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. I heard about two friends, they were chatting together, and one of them was a bit miserable, that happens a lot, doesn't it? And they said, well, what's the problem? And the guy said to the other, well, my uncle died four weeks ago and he left me 40,000 pounds. Well, that's good, isn't it? Wow, that's amazing. So why are you so miserable? And he went on to say, well, three weeks ago, my auntie died and she left me 60,000 pounds. God's blessing you. You're blessed, aren't you? Why are you so miserable? He said, well, two weeks ago, my cousin died and left me £100,000. That's amazing. I don't understand why you're so miserable. I'm miserable because last week I had nothing at all, he said. You see... There's so many lessons we need to learn in life, and one of them is to learn to be content. So I'm calling this message this morning contented. We don't live in a contented world, do we? People always want more. And as people of God, God wants us to be content. Now, that might be a funny subject when... We're praying that God in Gornal and Sedgley will pour out his spirit and give us more of him. Actually, that will happen when we're contented people. And I want to talk about that for a moment this morning. I want to start by reading from Timothy to you. And um, if you're following in your Bible, it's Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6. If you find it right there, we are. 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses 6 to 12. Some teachers have missed this whole point. They have turned away from things. Sorry, I'm reading the wrong chapter. Chapter 6, verse 6 to 12. Yet true religion with contentment is great wealth. After all, we didn't bring anything with us when we came into the world, and we certainly cannot carry anything out with us when we die. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. 
But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. And here's the quote that often gets misquoted, doesn't it? For the love of money is at the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. God wants us to be content on every level of our lives because we know Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. Some of the scriptures this morning I want to quote to you from the book of the letter of Philippians. We know that Paul wrote to the Philippians 10 years after he started a church there. And he writes, when you read Philippians, it's a wonderful, wonderful letter. Chapter 4 is one of my favourite chapters in the whole of the Bible. But did you know that Paul wrote it from prison? He wrote it from a desperately vile prison cell where he had no food or water unless his friends brought it for him, where he was chained and bound and it was smelly and vile. It was a terrible, terrible place. And that's where Paul wrote the book of Philippians. He's in prison in Rome, dependent on his friends for food and clothes. And Epaphroditus from Philippi, from the church in Philippi, visited him. And he took him a gift of money from the church. He stayed with him for a while before returning to Philippi. And Paul sends back to Philippi a letter that he has written to the church. It's a wonderful letter. I reckon if you've got nothing else to read this week in Scripture, why don't you read through the book of the letter of Philippians? Let me read to you um, a portion of it now. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I'm in need. I'm not saying this, he says, because I'm in need. He's in a dirty, dismal prison cell. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And here's that famous statement. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul says, I've learned to be content. Tells the church, since I've been a Christian, I've sometimes been in need. I guess this morning, there are people here who have been in need at times. Sometimes he says, I've had plenty. I've been so well blessed. But all of the time, whether I'm in need or whether I have plenty, I have learned to be calm. I have learned to have peace in every situation and trust my God and be content. Do you know, as um, one of the pastors up at Sedgley, Steve and I, we just see so many people who are like this, up and down, depending on how things are going. And they're, they're fine when they're feeling blessed, but when, when they find themselves in difficulty, they plummet into a depression, and they wonder where God is, and they're, they're asking for prayer every five minutes. You, you, Maybe you're like that. 
I don't know. But it's not the way God would have us be. Let me tell you one or two things about God this morning. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. God has a plan for our lives. When he made us, you must never, I've probably told you this before, but you must never run yourself down. Because when God made you, he said it was good. He he called it wonderful when he made you in your mother's womb. Wonderfully made, he says that you are. And we must not run ourselves down because God made us and he has a plan for our lives. And it's a good plan. Plans to bless us and give us hope. Oh, hope's a great thing to have, isn't it? And a future. However, it's also true to say that God sometimes allows allows us to go through valleys and difficult times. And it's God himself who allows that to happen. Never think that God's lost control and the devil's having a go. The devil might be having a go, but like for Job, the devil had to go to God first to get God's permission. Did you know that? The devil can't touch you without God's permission. He can't do anything in your life without God's permission. So if God's allowed it, he's allowed it for a reason. He's allowed it so that good out of it will come and that you will be ultimately blessed. And so Philippians says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's not saying it in a boastful way. He's not saying I can fly if I want to. That's not what this verse means, does it? It doesn't mean that you can do anything in this world. What it means is whether I'm going through a tough time or whether I'm going through a blessed time, God is with me and he'll strengthen me and I can get through this. I don't know your circumstances this morning. Maybe some of you are going through a tough time. But when you look at that verse, the context is that God's going to see you through this. You can do all things. You can get through this because he's going to be your strength. In Greek, the actual translation means this, in all things I have strength in Christ who enables me and gives me ability. God enables you day by day as you walk with him to get through the things that you're going through. Right at the beginning, he says, thank you, doesn't he? Thank you for sending me some money. One of the greatest Christians um, that ever lived didn't moan that they hadn't given him a gift quick enough. He didn't moan. He probably could have done with it sooner, but he didn't moan. He said, thank you. We're um, up at Sedgley, Steve and I have set ourselves a bit of a task of clamping down on moaning. We're clamping down on moaning, aren't we, Kels? There's a few folk who love to moan. And you know, we've tried to please people, but you can try as much as you like. And there are some people who've got moan, like um, Blackpool Rock, they've just got moaning right through them. And it's not, God's, it's not God's way for our lives. It really isn't, folks. And I challenge you this morning, in love, as your sister, if you are prone to moan, it's not what God wants you to do. And it will actually, it will make you ill. Moaning can make you ill. Did you know that? It's not good for you. 
If you feel like moaning about, I don't know, anybody, if you feel like moaning about me this morning, get on your knees and pray for me. That would be a much better thing to do. You never heard Paul moaning. He could have moaned about so much. He was in a, it wasn't, you can't compare it with the prisons we have. It was a filthy place. There were no toilets and there was no food. And he never moaned. He said, thank you. It's important to be grateful, isn't it? To be a thankful people. Psalm 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You find me the scripture that says, have a moan whenever you fancy it because it'll get it out your system. No, it's not biblical. And I encourage you in these days when God is pouring out his spirit to, if you, if, let's say this, if you meet for coffee with someone and all you do is have a moan, then stop having coffee with them. Or say, you know what, we've been grumpy, haven't we? Two grumpy old men. Let, I, I didn't pick on the women, you see. I deliberately didn't pick on the women. Let's change, let's change this. Let's meet together for coffee, coffee and come with a list of five things we're going to thank God for this morning. And make a deliberate act to be grateful. Praise the Lord. So he says thank you for the money. He doesn't moan about the things he doesn't have. He says thank you for the things he does have. Some of us, when we pray, we even just use our prayer time to just complain to God, don't we? We need to be very careful that we don't do that. We don't end up in a pit of despair. There's a better way. There's a better way. We're talking about contentment this morning. The sto Stoicism, the philosophers of the time when Paul was in prison, preached about this themselves. But they said that you needed to kill your desires and um, submit your emotions. But you know, there's an even better way than that. Paul says, no, through Christ I have learned the real secret. Through Christ I have learned the real secret <coughs> of being content. You can put me in prison, you can take away my freedom, but I'll still have Jesus. As long as I have Jesus, Paul said, then I'm content. Philippians 4, one of my favorite chapters, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I know you can't do that, and I can't do that on my own. We do it in the power of Christ. And you can say to me this morning, I was, born, I was a born worrier. You know, I can say to you, well, so was I. I learned to worry when I was a little girl. If my mum and dad were having a row, I'd hang my head out of the bed to listen to it. And then I'd think, how, how on earth I could fix it? Everything in the world, 
I felt responsible for fixing as a little girl. Isn't that ridiculous? And I've had to unlearn that and learn to trust God. You see, Paul says, I have learned to be content. So presumably, earlier on in his life, when he, when he didn't know Jesus, he wasn't content. He learned. It can be learned. So if you say you're a born worrier, you can't use that as an excuse anymore because the Bible says you have to learn how to be content. You know, it's lovely when we have um, time out here, isn't it? And we lay hands on people and God does great things. That's great. You can't be content by coming out and getting prayed for. You have to learn it. It's a lifestyle change. And you have to learn to be content. His peace passes all understanding. Our circumstances, they go up and they go down. But God didn't intend us to live like yo-yos. And God wants us to learn to be content. You have to learn it. That's a very important part of this morning's message. The world's largest body of water is the Pacific Ocean. There's a spot where it goes down to the deepest place on Earth. The Pacific Ocean has typhoons. The waves in the Pacific Ocean have been known to go up 30 feet. Tests have been done, and they show if you go down low enough, the water towards the bottom, it's so still that you would never know there was a storm brewing. That's the key, isn't it? Going deep in Jesus. You don't get content by just coming out to be prayed for. You have to go deep into Jesus. You have to spend time with God. Can I encourage you this morning, if you don't spend time with God on a daily basis, to do just that, to get into your Bible. Ask Dave where to start reading. I'm sure he'll probably initially put you to one of the Gospels or one of the epistles and read it and pray about it and say, Lord, would you feed me on your word? Write yourself a prayer list and pray every day about the things that hurt you as well as the things that you can rejoice in. God wants us to be a contented people. 2 Corinthians says this, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. This is Paul again writing. In great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, <coughs> imprisonments, riots, hard work, sleepless nights, hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine, yet regarded as impostors, known, yet regarded as unknown, dying, yet living on, beaten, and yet not killed, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. That covers just about everything that can possibly happen to us. And I know... We're in the last days, aren't we? And some of the stuff we have to go through, we have tough times, we have grief. We have concerns about finance and family. 
And yet, in all of that, God wants us to go deeper into him. When you can do nothing more, you can put, you can put yourself in the hands of Jesus. He has a beautiful plan for your life. It's all about Jesus. If I had a hand count today, and I'm sure everyone, we're not going to, if you'd like to be content, you'd all put your hand up, wouldn't you? We all want to be content. Nobody wants to be anxious. Nobody wants to be worried. If for some reason God sees there are lessons to learn in the valley, then let's bow the knee. We said in that chorus we would bow the knee to the will of God for our lives. There was an old hymn writer, I won't tell you the story, I'm quite sure you know it, who lost his um, children in a terrible shipwreck. And he wrote the hymn, When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. This is doable, folks. If Paul learned it, so can you and me. And then a, a more modern song, and the, the words of this modern song say, you don't have to worry and don't be afraid. Joy comes in the morning, troubles they don't last always. For there's a friend named Jesus who will wipe your tears away. And if your heart is broken, just lift your hands and say, I know that I can make it. I know that I can stand. No matter what may come my way, my life is in your hands. With Jesus, I can take it. With him, I know I can stand no matter what may come my way. My life is in your hands. It's all about keeping our focus on Jesus. Now, I believe, got one more verse, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So if you're a candidate today because you're weak, then he's promised. You see, grace isn't just about salvation. It's about empowerment for living. I believe this morning, and I know other preachers have come and said just the same to you, that God is about to do an amazing thing in this place and in your life. Because it's about people coming to Christ, isn't it? We want, this help. we want people to have to stand at the back until we find another plan for putting more seating in or where else we can meet. That's what we want. And I can tell you honestly, with all of my heart, that those of us from other churches want that for you too. We love you. We're praying for you. And we're believing that God is going to turn things around. That's why he sent Dave and Katie and Naomi and Kelvin. And all, that's why he sent you. That's why he brought you here. So keep believing but while you're waiting, start learning increasingly to rely on Jesus and be content, just like Paul was. Because whatever you're going through, you can make it. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this lovely house of people. Oh God, I thank you for those that have been here years and years, Lord, and have continued to serve you and trust you. 
I thank you for people that you've brought in recently. And God, I just pray, as I, along with all the other people who are praying for St. Paul's, Lord, that you would pour, on, pour your spirit into this place and into each person. I pray that as St. Paul folk walk around the village, that people will notice that they are contented, that they are happy, that they have joy. And Lord, that in itself will just cause people to come and find out what on earth is going on in this place. Would you bless them in Jesus' name? And all God's people said, Amen.